Firefighters, the heroes of today's society. The toughest thing for a firefighter is to actually admit he needs help. Well, guess what? There is a lot of firefighters that need help. PTSD, depression, and anxiety is a big, big problem in the first responder community. My next guest on our show will tell you exactly his journey through PTSD, how it happened, what he was thinking, and what he is still going through. You're not going to want to miss this one. Let me first start out by saying thank you to Podcast Powertrain for helping produce my show. These are the guys you need behind you if you're looking to start your podcast. Also, I'd like to thank Powered by Riverside FM. That's right. Our show is powered by Riverside FM, one of the best platforms to actually have a podcast on. So I'm going to have some links at the end of the show or in the show notes. Check them out. These are the two people that you need to get get with to make your podcast top 100. The good don't grow. We help you understand the benefits. CBD and cannabis, yeah. The good don't grow. We remove the fear of the unknown. By giving you all the facts. The good don't grow. We bring the unbiased content from opposing views to give you nothing but the facts. I welcome you to the show. The good don't grow. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Good Dudes Grow. I'm your host, Gary Roberts. I'm excited about today's show. I've got a fellow firefighter on it. And the cool thing about it is that we're both going to learn something. For most of you, you know that I started a CBD company to raise money to open an addiction facility. I believe that there are better options out there than what's being done to cure addiction. One of those options is plant-based medicine through CBD or cannabis. But during my investigations, during my basic, how do you call it? I guess you could say my investigations. Basically, the more I read up about it, the more I talked to people about it, the more I found that plant-based medicine is more than just something for addiction. It can actually help uh, PTSD in veterans, firefighters. It can help athletes make better choices. So it led me down a road to not only do I want to build an addiction facility, but I also want to build a facility for first responders dealing with depression, anxiety, and PTSD. But as a first responder, as a firefighter, most of us don't believe that it actually can affect us. So on today's show, which is great, is somebody that I met about a year ago, and I'll explain that further when he gets on, but me and Nick met and I follow him on Facebook and Instagram. And I found out he was a firefighter or anything else. And then a couple of months after that, I found out that he went to treatment for PTSD. And now he's written a book about it. So the cool thing about it is I have him on my show today. We're going to talk exactly what's going on, how it happened, how he didn't think he was getting or had PTSD until certain things showed up, how he got treatment and all about his book. So let's, let's get Nick on the show and... Let's just kick this thing off. Nick Wingo, thank you for coming on the show. I, I've, I've been following you on Facebook and Instagram. And, and like I told everybody else, we met earlier. I think it was like last year. We both joined the Arte group with Ed Milet and Andy Frisella. And you were on a treadmill while we were talking, introducing ourselves. You were, you were busting out your, your workouts and everything else. I'm like, I like this dude. This is cool. So I started following you on Facebook and everything else. And the reason why I wanted to bring you on the show, and I said in an introduction is, I started out by trying to, not trying, but I'm building a recovery facility for addiction. And 
I said to myself that after the, my daughter passing and then three months later, my father passing, I said, there's got to be a better, better way to treat people. And I dove into the plant-based medicine. And my podcast was really started to be about uh, cannabis and CBD, but it's growing into, it's morphing to something more because the more I investigated the opportunities of plant-based medicine, I started noticing what the FDA is doing with, with their, with their plant-based medicine to help firefighters with PTSD, depression, anxiety. So I'm actually doing right now is I'm working with a group out of Canada to actually build a whole facility for not only addiction, but for firefighters for PTSD and everything else using the new approved plant-based FDA approved stuff that's coming out. And I says, what better person to talk to is, is Nick because I followed your journey and it, most people don't understand. I keep trying to tell this when I go on other podcasts that us firefighters, PTSD is relevant. And a lot of people associate PTT, PTSD only with the military. And I, I'm trying to draw that, that there's nothing against the military, but the military signs up knowing that they're going to see stuff they've never seen before. They, they have that notion already when they sign up. Firefighters, when you get that letter of employment, you're like that hero. Every kid wants to be you. And they never tell you exactly what you're going to run into. And during your career, like what happened to you, and I'll let you tell your tournament, you may not even know you're going through this. So people like you are bringing out through your podcast and the book that you just wrote, your story on how you found out you ended up with, with PTSD. Is that correct? Oh, yeah, man. It was, it was an interesting journey. It was wild. It was crazy. Um, there was so many things that happened over the past 18 years of my career. Um, I literally could sit here and talk for hours just about how I got to the point. I got um, all day. Uh, yeah. So, um, you know, to start out with, I, I got in the fire service at, eight, at 18 years old. So I, I got out of high school. I was gung ho. I wanted to be a firefighter. So I, I went to fire, you know, I got my fire one certificate and I went to get my EMT basic and man, I got into a resident program up in the mountains and I was like, ah, oh, I had this dream job at 18 years old. You know, like you said, the kids want to be you. And at that age, 18, bro, the women wanted to be with me. And the dudes wanted to be me. And I felt empowered. I felt like a, I felt like this awesome guy. I was like, yeah, like I got the job because everybody and especially at that, like especially after 9-11, like everybody wanted to be a firefighter. We were America's heroes. Like we were the people that uh, everybody looked up to and respected, like just being a firefighter itself. When you meet somebody who's a firefighter, people trust you. They they want to talk to you. They uh, they just give you this you don't even have to say anything other than I'm a firefighter and they trust you on this high level, you know? And so it's this really honorable job to have. Well, I got into the fire service and I thought it was great until the death started to happen. The death, the, the, the terrible calls, the, the things that I had no clue that I was getting myself into. And so I remember specifically 18 years old, I'm on the, I'm in the engine and we run on this call and it's this, it's this dead kid baby. Right. And I'm like, Whoa, like what in the world was that? You know, 18 years old, no frontal lobe development. I don't understand how to process it. And we get back in the engine and the lieutenant goes, well, that sucked. I'm like, yeah. He goes, well, you better get rid of, you better get ready because this is what your career is going to look like for the next, how, you know, basically at that time, 18 to get to 55, I got 37 years of a career that I got to deal with this. That, that's what a lot of people don't understand is that when we sign that letter of employment, we're basically agreeing to 20, 30 years, pretty much. That's what we decided. Not like the military was every four years you can re-up and go in. We It's 20 years. We signed up. We're ready to go. 
and we have no clue what it entails, but I'm here for 20 years. Yeah, exactly. One, it, you like, really, it's your career choice, right? So what we're getting to is we're trying to get to that retirement. So it's all about the money. It's all about, hey, <laughs> what, when do I hit my 80% so that I can retire um, and, 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 and move on with my life? Um, unfortunately, that's what it becomes when you get so far into your career. It's just like, oh, my gosh, how many more years until I'm done with this crap? Like, I cannot, I cannot deal with another drunk person or somebody who, who's high who wants to fight me or somebody who tells me what a piece of crap I am or how terrible I am or how I'm this or how I'm that. Like, I can't tell you how many people like in my, well, you know, how many yeah. people in my face, like, you know, yelling obscenities at me, fighting me, telling me I'm a demon, like all this crazy wild stuff. And, the, you know, the, and, the dudes, you pull, the dudes, you pull the, the, uh, the syringe out of the arm and you just bring them back from the death and they look at you. I don't do drugs. Oh, okay, this must be mine that I'm holding. You're right. Absolutely right. And then they start yelling at you and starting, like you said, fighting and everything else. You stole my money. I'm like, what are you talking about? I just brought you back from the dead. I wasn't yeah. dead. Okay, we got it. I understand. Yeah, and it gets old. Like, it gets old helping people and them being unappreciative, right? Like, right. you know, you help all these people and they just, they don't give a shit. They don't care. Like, they're just like, whatever, you know? It's, they, they, they have no, in fact, um, I remember... This one call I went on, this gal, she was in cardiac arrest for a um, uh, heroin overdose. So we do, we work her for like eight minutes. Um, this is during, this is the, why COVID's going on. Uh, so she, we work her, we bring her back and she proceeds to fight us and tell us that she, we're not taking her to the hospital because she's going to get COVID and die. And I looked at her and I was like, bitch, you were already dead. Like you were already as bad as it could be. Like it was, you were already dead. And so I ended up having to sedate her after I just brought her back from the dead. I was like, what in the world? Like these people are crazy. And this is the type of stuff that people have no clue that we deal with as firefighters. Like people are like, I can't tell you. I mean, you know, I can't tell you how many people I tell them, oh, I'm a firefighter. Oh, so you fight fires and shit. Like, no, not really. I fight fires maybe like five times a year. What I do is I go on medical calls and deal with a bunch of crap and right. death and all this stuff. And people don't know that about us. They just legitimately are uneducated on what's going on. And I, I love the fact that you brought up veterans is that, you know, veterans, it's, it's recognized post-traumatic stress. You know, it's like, oh, veterans, yeah, they go to war. They see people get killed. Well, so do I, right? Like I've seen murders. You've seen murders. Like I've seen brutal things that I cannot unsee. And people don't understand that and people don't get it. And it's terrible because uh, people don't know this, but there are very few states in the United States of America that recognize post-traumatic stress as a workman's comp related issue for firefighters and first responders. I'm lucky in the fact that in Colorado, it's recognized. So I'm on disability now. I've got full, I've got, I've got my full disability. Um, so I'll get 50% of my pay for the rest of my life. But Here's the thing. I have to restart my whole life over. I have to rediscover myself at 37 years old and figure out what do I do now with my life? Because everything I knew from 18 is going to completely change. And, and, he, and I don't know if it's like Florida, but here's the bad thing about that, too. We have it. We have it in Florida. But the hoops you got to jump through to prove the stuff that you're feeling or, or the stuff that you, you've seen. And they know you've seen it all because they're the ones paying you is ridiculous because they keep making you go more in doctors, more in doctors. Oh, no, he's not right. Go to this doctor. Go to that doctor. It's like, dude, what do, what do I have to what do I have to prove to you that this shit is really real? For sure. Like for me, when I went into treatment, 
Um, so I was assigned doctors and um, three of my doctors said, hey, this guy needs more treatment. Well, the department I worked for, I will not name any names because um, there is some loss, lawsuits going on. But um, basically, I got to the point where they put an independent medical examiner to try to prove that I didn't have these things. And I paid personally out of pocket for my treatment. So I paid for me to go to Maryland to get treatment for 35 days for my mental health because I was going to kill myself. I was having severe suicidal ideations. I had just lost my dad. I had all this crazy shit going on in my life. And I had to pay for myself to go to, to go to get treatment. And it's bullshit. Like it's, it's unbelievable to me that as a firefighter, you can go and serve your community and do all these things. And then you have to go and pay to get your mind fixed because they're not going to pay for it. Like it's such crap. So what I'm doing right now with my book and my mission is literally to make sure that no firefighter ever pays for their mental health treatment ever again in their life. Uh, you know, and I'm on a mission to get this out there and just tell people like, hey, this is what's really going on. Here's the truth, the hard truth, and it needs to be fixed. Right. And I, we're, our missions are basically almost parallel because you're trying to get people to get the treatment. I'm trying to provide people with a treatment that the partners are saying, yeah, no, you can't use that. We'd rather see you on a completely opiate type uh, medication that Fs you up, that you have to take another medication that makes you more suicidal, more depressed, can't sleep. And I'm like, just l let them have access right now for those who don't know they have PTSD. Because here's the thing. When I gave my CBD, it, I wasn't going and understanding about the PTSD. I don't, I, I just read about it. So I, I don't understand a little bit more. And, and I'm glad you're on the show to explain it more. I just explain what I've seen. And most people just go, Oh my God, I can't believe that that's what you do all day. Yeah. But here's the thing. When I gave my CBD to some, to some uh, firefighters who were having aches and pains, cause it worked for me. I got phone calls afterwards saying, Hey dude, I don't know what you gave me, but I was in a dark place. I hated my wife. I hated my kids. Uh, I wanted to commit suicide and the voices in my head, I couldn't stop more than one from police officers and firefighters. And they says, this has calmed that down. And that's where I realized like, Hey, listen, this small product, even not asking them to tell me those things made these people realize that they had an issue and they reached out to me. What if we had access to this and people who actually need help feel secure with the product taking it now feel more secure that they understand the problem go get help before it's too late because i think in the last six years we had maybe six suicides in our department people you would never have even thought of people that were the funniest people in the world greatest guys in the world next thing you know ends up you know killing themselves and one just happened here a couple of weeks ago at the fire department in you know in one of the living quarters where everybody still lived in the same quarters and blew his brains off all over the place on everybody there. So there, A, the treatment needs to be changed. B, we need access. And C, we need to stop, like you said, fighting for that treatment. We need yeah, to be man. able to have it. Well, and here's the thing with it. Like one of the things I've identified is that we, for so long, it was shove your shit down, shove it down, shove it down, shove your emotions down. Don't talk about it. Uh, you know, showing those emotions was weakness. And that's been going on for so long um, that that's been just the norm. It's the cultural norm, right? So this cultural norm over the past 60, 70 years um, 
has destroyed mental health. And so we have 60 or 70 years worth of crap we need to fix and we need to change the way that we look at it. Um, So it's, you know, it's just interesting to me that you bring up the suicide because it's just, it just reconfirms I'm doing the right thing. Because here's the thing is if you're listening to this podcast, I'm going to tell you something right now that's going to make you cringe. And if it doesn't, you've got issues. Three to 500 firefighters are estimated to be killing themselves every year. You just heard Gary say he's lost six. I've lost five. Um, so between two firefighters, there's a, there's a, about a million firefighters in the United States of America, roughly 350,000 career firefighters, uh, the rest being volunteer firefighters. Who Volunteer firefighters are subject to the same stuff that we are as career firefighters. But three to 500, 190 documented uh, suicide cases last year. That's documented. And we have just started documenting suicides. Here's the problem I have. There are on average 100 line of duty deaths per year. So we spend, I, I mean, how many hours do you think, Gary, do we spend on those 100 deaths a year? Thousands, thousands yeah. of training hours, thousands of hours of resources. Um, they do, they, you know, every time there's a line of duty death, they do an extensive research paper on it. Uh, they, you know, and most of those research papers that they do, like I'll give you an example, the Charlotte um, Sofa Warehouse Fire. Yeah, 11 firefighters that were killed. Uh, some windows were ticking out. It was it was a really terrible thing. It was like the perfect storm. There was people who were acting up in roles that shouldn't have been. Uh, there was people going into the building that shouldn't have been. Anyways, that report is 80 pages. Yep. Roughly, least, roughly 80 or 90 least. pages. I mean, most of those reports are 80. That's the NIOSH reports, 80 to 90 pages of, of information. So 100 firefighters, thousands and thousands of hours. Something that's killing three to five times more firefighters, where's the papers? Where's the research? Where is the stuff for this? I'm mad, Gary. I'm pissed off. I've lost five friends. I went to I went to treatment with people. I went to treatment with the guy. I came back seven days later, he killed himself. Like there is a problem. There is a problem and people are not willing to talk about it. And you know, you know why? I'll tell you exactly why. Because exactly what happened to me is what happens to people and why guys don't want to say something. Because you step up and you say, hey, like for me, I stepped up. I said, hey, I'm having nightmares. It's been five years. I've been sleeping for two hours a night. I'm having flashbacks. I'm having all this stuff. It's not right. My captain says, hey, get off the medic unit. You need to go get a psych eval. All right, cool, man. I'll go get a psych eval. Like, whatever, bro. Like, then I go into treatment I'm delayed in my treatment. I'm waiting for treatment six weeks before anybody talks to me. And then now here I am in a battle with my department over this whole thing. Like this whole thing has turned into a mess. It is a mess. I can't get my union president to call me back. I can't get anybody in the department to work with me. Like it's a mess. I literally am just blown away by how this has happened and why. Because I have post-traumatic stress and people can't see that. It's not an injury like a knee injury where they can put an x-ray and look at it and go, oh, yep, that's a that's an MCL tear. Like we we, you know, you're destroyed. You can't use your knee again ever, right? Like they understand that. What they don't understand is our minds, because they can't scan them and visibly see why we're experiencing what our what we're experiencing. So then they just, what do they do immediately? They just say, nope, it's not a problem. It's not the truth. You're lying to me. It's crappy, man. We have got to change through guys like you and me, Jeremy Loke, um, that, you know, I know just so these, this community of guys that are starting to stand up and go, hey, this is crappy. 
this is this is what's really going on and it's something that needs to be fixed you know that's why i'm so passionate about it like i losing personal friends and knowing what the fire service has done to me like that's why i wrote the book like i have to share my story in my opinion if i don't i'm doing everybody else a disservice like it is what i am meant to do right and i feel the same way and i'll go back to 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 the products that i started it wasn't meant to make a million dollar CBD industry. It was meant to actually heal people. When I was going after people that like my lost losing my daughter, people were, had addiction. Now I find out that this plant-based medicine, health, wellness, fitness can actually help my personal, my other family, my firefighter brothers and sisters with the same thing. And like you said, most of them are scared to say anything. And when these individuals came to me and said something without me asking, and now are going through the part saying, hey, You've got to use this stuff. It helped me sleep, helped my nightmares, helped everything else. I started thinking, well, this is a whole new ballgame because it is relevant. It is out there. Like you can put posters all around the, you know, the fire department to say, you know, talk to somebody, suicide's no good, talk to some. We're type A personalities. We're not going to talk to anybody. I don't give a shit. It's, it's, it's pushed down your throat. Like he says, don't talk. Suck it up, buttercup. You know, you're just doing it because you don't want to work. You know, you're not a real firefighter. You're not this, you're not, you know. That's not that's not what we're talking about. We are. We do the job, but the job beats the shit out of us. Oh, all for right? sure. And we need to know that somebody has our back. And every union rep, every union person goes, oh, the brotherhood this, the brotherhood that, brotherhood this, when they need something. But when you come up with stuff like this that they don't know about, that they didn't create, that's not beneficial for them or, or, or their little motives, then they try to close you down and close you out and ostracize you to decide and say, yo, that guy's just... He's, he's weird. He's not, he's not with us. He's not part of us. And that needs to stop. And, and that's where I says this product is making them actually talk without even having to ask them. So that's let's so dive cool. into it. And, and that's where I started researching. And in Canada, I started going with a group that's actually building a whole, it's called a first responder village that they're doing research with the FDA for PTSD and everything else. And I contacted them and we're starting to work together and hopefully going to bring a facility like that down here in South Florida and be able to actually do the same research. So I'm on the same path with you. It needs to change. Therapy needs to change. The way we look at it definitely needs to change. And I believe that everybody who wants to know what a firefighter really goes to needs to actually purchase your book and understand your story. Because that's the number one. Get it from a firefighter. Listen, I can say what I see but I haven't gone through everything that you've seen. And here's one question I do have for you. And you said it on your Facebook posts is like, you never knew you had it until, until something happened to you. What, what was, and I, I don't know, I hope you don't mind me asking, what was it that you felt all of a sudden saying, Hey, yeah, you're right. You know what? I need to go get checked out because all these symptoms are basically happening so that other firefighters or, or, or their families can understand it. And they may say, Hey, listen, you might want to see somebody. Yeah, man. So uh, <laughs> I, was, I hope it's not, I was, I'm not pulling no, in too many strings there. No, no, dude. <laughs> I, I'm an open book, bro. Like I will share anything and everything about my journey, about how I got to where I am. Um, I was the typical stubborn, stubborn asshole, dude. Like I was the typical firefighter. Like I was the worst of them all, bro. Like I went five years, five years of two hours of sleep a night. So here's the first thing I want you to recognize as a firefighter. If you are only sleeping two hours a night every night and you're having nightmares, that is not part of it. Stop believing that that is just part of what we do. That is bullshit. That is a lie that everybody else is telling you. 
Just because we're all experiencing lack of sleep and not sleeping well does not mean that it's normal. It is not normal. It is wrong. It is, it is, I guarantee you, please listen to me. If you are sleeping less than four hours, I was sleeping too, less than four hours a night, maybe even less than that, that five hour mark is kind of that spot, in my opinion. If you're sleeping less than that, bro, or excuse me, I don't want to call everybody bro. There are female firefighters <laughs> that I love and, and cherish so much. So, girl, whatever, sister, listen, if you're just not sleeping, you have a problem. You have a problem. If you're having nightmares, you have a problem. If you are having outbursts of anger, you have a problem. If you are pissed off at the world all the time, you have a problem. If you cannot find joy in your life, you have a problem. And stop normalizing it. Stop listening to the people who are around you because it is a problem. And so looking back retroactively, I see... I had all those things, but I was listening to everybody else telling me, oh, it's just normal. It's just normal. It's just part of what we do. It's just how it comes out. It's not a big deal. No, it is. It's a big deal. So when I got pulled offline, I, looking back, I was reaching at that point because it was so bad that I was at the point where I was trying to talk to my partner to be like, I don't know what I'm going to do, man. And it was met more of like, a, like, are you going through this? Are you struggling through the same type of thing? I was pissed off at my partner when he told my captain. I was so mad. I mean, I didn't talk to him for probably two months, man, because I was so pissed off at him. But here's the truth uh, is that Sam DeCrane saved my life because I was headed down a path where I was going to kill myself. So it literally took somebody physically taking me offline and it took a doc. In fact, the first time the doctor told me you have post-traumatic stress, I looked at her in the face and I said, fuck you. I do not have post-traumatic stress. That was what I said to her because I was like, that's weakness. That's bullshit. That's not the truth. Um, It took my dad dying, all these other events for me to recognize that I had post-traumatic stress. So um, when did I recognize it? I can't give you a specific moment when I when I understood it. I can't give you a specific moment. What I can tell you is looking back, all those things that I just brought up, that's the stuff that was going on that was my post-traumatic stress manifesting. In fact, this is wild. If you are a firefighter and you go on vacation and you get sick every time you go on vacation, I got news for you. You have post-traumatic stress that you're not dealing with because what's happening? You are building up all this inflammation and crap in your body. And the minute that you slow down and stop working, it's manifesting itself in some type of illness in your body. When the doctor told me that, and I recognized that I was going through that, every time I went on vacation, I would come down with some type of illness. Post-traumatic stress. Post-traumatic stress. So if you are having any of those things, and I know... If you're a firefighter and you're listening to this, I guarantee you that some of you, if not, well, seven out of 10 firefighters are going, walking around with undiagnosed post-traumatic stress. Listen to that, man. Seven out of 10 are walking around with undiagnosed post-traumatic stress. So if you want to sit here and tell me you don't have it, I'm going to tell you, you're probably full of shit. That's (laughs) just the truth. It's just the truth, man. That is that. 
that tidbit is amazing. That that is pretty cool. Pretty well, cool to the sense that it's pretty interesting. Like you said, that everybody's walking around. Basically, if you go on vacation, you kind of when you slow down, your body attacks itself because you have inflammation from from all the undue stress. Because that's what people don't understand. Inflammation is from undue stress. Yeah, that, that that's the whole that's the whole issue. Let me ask you this. So you wrote the book. You're doing a bunch of other stuff. Did that help you? Is did that help? You? Is that helping you with your post-traumatic stress? How's things going now? Where do you see things going? Because I know you. you I, again, I follow you on Facebook. It's the great <laughs> posts, the up and downs. It's a great story to follow. So if you don't, I'm going to put all your links in the, in the whole the whole notes sure. and everything else. So if you guys want to follow him, his stories are pretty good. What he goes through and everything else, it's pretty awesome. But did that help you through a lot? Oh man, the book has been so awesome, dude. So there's uh, two things that the book was super awesome for. Hang on. First of all, we haven't even given the name of the book. How about we give the name of the book and oh, yeah, for sure. and get it? It's, uh, <laughs> so it's, uh, here it is. Uh, I don't know if you're going to do the video, but here's, uh, here it is. Building Grit, How to Fight the Fire as a PTSD and Come Out Stronger on the Other Side. There's a guy, the man way, with no hair. This, uh, yeah, I know. This is <laughs> that same guy you met. Now look at me, big ass beard. Like, this is my, this is my, this is me rebelling the fire service, bro. <laughs> Yeah, like, everybody does the same thing. As soon as you go on vacation, nobody shaves. <laughs> no, no My wife's like, I guess I'm gonna have to get used to used to it. I'm like, well, you're gonna have to because it's just part of who I am now. And people see me with beard, they like it. So, um, but uh, yeah, man, it was cathartic. Um, so first of all, it was cathartic. It felt good. Um, so there's there's uh, one story in here spe- specific. Um, it's about a girl, and I'm not gonna name her name because she asked me not to. Um, but she, I, I wrote about her in this, um, and she, uh, attempted suicide and it was the first time she had felt peace in her life ever. And she has not felt that level of peace since then. And so, um, and she doesn't know if she ever will feel that level of peace again. And it's something that she constantly looks for. And so I, I wrote about that in this book and I, I, you know, I was writing the book, I called her, I read it to her and, uh, she cried and she said, it's perfect. It's amazing. She said, thank you for being the voice that I can't be for myself. And, uh, that was fucking cool, man. Yeah. That's, that was cool that I can help somebody else be a voice, you know? And then, um, because I didn't, I couldn't be a voice for myself, right? So to be my, be a voice for myself, and then be a voice for other people too, like, and I'm, I'm having people reach out, man. Like, I have post traumatic stress. I'm struggling through stuff. Life's hard. Um, see, I'm getting emotional about it because it's like you know, because I know I couldn't do it. So to know that because I'm speaking up and saying something that somebody else can, like, it's a big deal, man. It's a yes, really big yeah. deal. You know, you're doing, and, an awesome, uh, you're doing an awesome job. I'm so glad to have you on my show, man. I appreciate that. And uh, the other wild thing has been like I, the, the amount of responses I've gotten from this man. Like, um, dude, like the messages. Um, I didn't realize how good of a writer I was. Like, I, <laughs> you know, you, you you throw something out there and you're like, well, hope, like hopefully it does good. You know, like hopefully people, hopefully it resonates with people. Pe- hope people enjoy the book. Um, and then to like, see people post in the story, like, oh, this dude's dropping fire, like, you know, on Instagram and to see the messages that I've seen, like this, this lady reached out to me and she's like, I just want you to know, I, I don't know you. I don't know anything about you, but you and your wife are the strongest people I know, period. She's like, and I appreciate the fact that you are sharing your story because it is helping me. 
you know, and it's been just message after, I mean, Gary, I'm getting messages like every other day, man, like every other day I'm getting messages telling me like, thank you for writing this. And I'm like, I'm just getting started, man. I am just getting started. Like, and so I am going to impact millions of people because of this book. I, I just know it. Like I know it's why God put me here on this planet was to write this book. Um, and the next book and the next thing, right? Like it, it's, it was what I was meant to do. It was what I'm here for. It, it legitimately is. And, and I, I agree 100%. Like I said, following your story and everything, I agree. I'm glad 100% I met you. I know I contacted you a couple of months ago about my facility help out. You, you greeted me. I met you once. The second time I, I met you, I asked you for something and you like opened your arms and just says, dude, whatever you need, just let me know. It, it, and that's the person you are. That's the way you wrote the book. You wrote the book telling a story, not just for yourself. It helped yourself. A, yes, but your goal was always to reach out and help others while helping yourself. And your book's doing that. And it, I can, you can see it on Facebook. Like you said, you can see all the messages. You can see everything. It's an amazing story. Uh, where can they buy the book if they wanted to buy the book? Oh uh, yeah. So they can just find it on Amazon. Um, and I'm a nice guy. So like, um, if you reach out to me and you're in a spot, like I will send you a book. I can't tell you how many books I've sent out. I probably sent out uh, 50 books already just to people, just because I care. Like it's just who I am. Like if you are struggling, if you're a firefighter or, you know, if, if you're anybody who has post-traumatic stress, my book, it, it will help you. Like there are things in there. It is for anybody who has post-traumatic stress. Or in the, in the fact, if you just uh, want to learn a little bit about uh, what it is to be a firefighter and, and the things, the lessons I've learned from it, like it, that book is for you. So you can uh, get on Amazon, just type in Building Grit. It'll uh, it, it'll come up right away. Uh, or you can find me on my – the best way to do it, if you want me to send you a book, go on a Facebook, find my Facebook profile. It's Grit Wins. And you send me a direct message with your address and I will send you a book. That is, I will. Like you're listening to this, I 100% will send you a book. That is awesome. That's awesome. We'll put all those all those show links and everything else in the show. What it posts is probably going to post in a couple of weeks. Nick, I appreciate you being on the show. I'm definitely going to keep in touch because I definitely think we got a couple of things going on together as, as we're on the same path that we want to do. Kind of a little different, but the same path by helping other firefighters get through their PTSD, depression, anxiety, and everything else. Or even in my case, try to make sure they don't get that far and try to do a preventive medicine. That's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at mm. trying to get them so they can get access to certain plant-based medicines. So maybe this will prevent them from going too far in life, or basically at least it'll have them the opportunity to reach out and get help. Yeah, man, I'm really looking forward to our relationship and I appreciate you, brother. Uh, yeah, man, couldn't be more stoked to be here with you and chatting. Nick, you have yourself a great day. We'll talk soon. And thank you again for being on the show. Yeah, thanks, brother. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to this show. It's uh, This show actually means a lot to, to me and us firefighters and what we're trying to do. If you really want to try and help us out, you can do one thing. You can do a couple of things, actually. You can go buy Nick's book on Amazon. The link's going to be in the show notes. Also, if you want to help us build a facility for first responders who actually help them with PTSD, depression, and anxiety, you can donate at promisesrecoverycenters.com or you can go on pbzcbd.com, buy some CBD products. We'll help you find the best one for whatever you want to do. And basically... Everything we sell on that platform really goes to putting 
putting the whole facility together. The platform is not made for us just to sell CBD. The platform is made for us to actually raise funds so that we can open this facility. Our main goal is this facility. So thank you again for listening to the show. I hope you enjoyed it. And we will catch you next week. One of the best places to go is podcast powertrain right now they're doing an, an amazing offer for all their course material if you want to actually help get your uh, show ranked all you got to do is go to gooddudesgrow.com forward slash powertrain and you'll get all the information there also if you're looking for a platform not sure which platform to use to record your show on riverside fm is the one we use you can also go to gooddudesgrow.com forward slash Riverside. Check them out and you will not be disappointed. Again, thank you for all listening to the show and we will see you. Well, we won't see you, but we'll get with you next week. You guys have a great week. If you're still listening to this, that means you gained some type of value. So what we need you to do is leave a review and make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode of The Good Dudes Grow.